0: Somebody bless the Lord today. Come on, he's good, he's worthy. Hallelujah, he's simply amazing. Hallelujah, let's clap for him one more time. Come on, clap like you love him today. Amen, clap like he's been good to you. Amen, clap like you can't live without him. Amen, I don't know about you, but I can't live without the Lord. Amen, amen, he's been good to me. Amen. Let us pray while we're standing. Amen. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I thank you, oh God, for your word. God, I thank you for the day. Father, I thank you for all of my brothers and all of my sisters, for all of my friends that are gathering here today. Lord, I thank you for them, God. I lift them all up before you today, God. Hallelujah. Lord, and I pray, God, that you would touch their hearts. God, I pray, God, that you would touch their minds. God, I pray, God, that you would send your word to them right now, Father, and heal them. God, that you would send your word to strengthen them. Father, that you would send your word to comfort them. God, that you would send your word to bless them. God, touch them right now. God, in every spirit that would come to hinder your word. God, I pray, God, that it would be bound in Jesus' name. God, and that the wonderful, precious word of God can have free course today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen, dudes, <laughs> I'm <Thank you>, sure. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I'm gonna get into the word. Amen. And God put something on my heart. Amen. I've been thinking a little bit about you know. It reminds me of when Jude was trying to. The Bible said he. Was Said, said after effort thought and after diligent thinking, he said, as I pondered it over, he said, God put something on my heart and he thought about contending for the faith. But in that same spirit that Jude had, as I thought about it, God began to put something on my heart, a message titled, Encourage Yourself in the Lord. How many of you know sometimes you just need to encourage yourself? Sometimes you Okay. Sometimes you just need somebody to let you know everything is going to work out. Somebody clapping already. Amen. Sometimes, sometimes life can throw some things at you and have you kind of wobbling. Amen. And sometimes you just need somebody to gra- grab your neighbor by the hand. We're going to encourage you. I want a spirit of encouragement to come in here today. Somebody say, neighbor, be encouraged. It's going to be okay. Grab their hand and say, Naver, God, got you. Somebody say, he clutched. Somebody say, he clutched. Somebody say, he don't fade under pressure. Somebody say, he don't run when the battle get hot. Somebody say, he don't fade in adversity. Somebody say, he that keep Israel. He don't fall asleep. He don't slumber. He don't goze off. He don't take his eyes off of you. Now put your hand on your chest and say, I am the apple of his eye. His thoughts toward me are more than can be nothing. He loves me. He cares for me. He's watching over me. He's protecting me. He's providing for me. He's keeping me. He's washing me. He's feeding me. He sustains me. He preserves me. He defends me. He blesses me. He delivers me. He is my rock. He's my strong tower. He's my fortress. He's my very present help. In the time of need. Somebody say, I will. Look to the hills from which cometh my help, because all of my help comes from the Lord. And I'm going to tell you like the old people say, somebody say, can't nobody do you like Jesus. Somebody say, can't nobody do me like Jesus. He's my friend. He's my friend. Do y'all believe that this morning? Somebody needed to hear that today. Sometimes you need to learn how to pick your own self up. Sister feeling that already. I ain't even start preaching yet. Somebody say, sometimes you gotta pick your own self up. Somebody say my, my prayer line partner might not answer today. They get sick sometimes, you all Somebody say, Pastor. Might not get to me today, but I know somebody that'll never fail me, that'll never leave me, never forsake me. Oh, my God, I feel that already. Who's going to help me freeze, boy. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. Somebody say, be encouraged. I'm thinking about that song William Beckham. He said, no matter what's going on. He said, be a courier. The one writer began to say, weeping man, do it for a night. Somebody got some nighttime in their life right now? Somebody said, man, do it for a night. But somebody say, joy is coming. Somebody say, the morning is on the way. See, this is what you've got to realize. The way God has set the earth up, the sun and the earth, they're always moving. And somewhere it's dark, but somewhere it's sunny. So you might be on the side of the earth where it's nighttime, but just keep on living. It's going to come right back on the But So when the nighttime comes, don't faint. Because if you faint in adversity, the Bible says your strength is what? How many of you know everybody going to face adversity? I'm going to read a few stories to you, two of them in particular. Then I'm going to show you how one of them is going to reflect. But I don't want you to give up, amen? One man begins to look at his soul and he says, soul, he start talking to himself. See, you're not crazy when you talk to yourself. See, you, the best person to talk to sometimes is your own self. Sometimes you can look in that mirror because who knows you better than you? The Bible says, no, you're not your own self. You know when you're feeling bad. You know when you're down. And if you're a Christian and you're feeling down, you should say, so, why are you disquieted in me? What's wrong with you? Why are you feeling down? Why are you sad? Hope God with God. you got to tell your own self sometimes, hope in God, so sometimes you got to remind yourself of all of the things God has already done for you, because if he did it before, Something to you. Let's go to 1 Samuel 22. And y'all, I usually, you know, I really, really thought long and hard about this message because I say, you know, sometimes, man, we get discouraged. You look in the world and sometimes people disappoint you. Sometimes you get let down. Sometimes your parents, sometimes your co sometimes your boss, sometimes your close friends, sometimes people in church. And, and sometimes, you know, when you're looking at a Strength and the source of your strength changes. You remember I told y'all constants and variables. There's only one rock, and sometimes the thing that you're looking to to be a strength in your life, if you're depending on it so much, when it changes, it throws you for a loop. That's why you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. The Bible said "Looking unto Jesus." He's the author and finisher of your faith. Sometimes we take our eyes off Jesus like Peter did on the water and we start sinking. How many of you know the Christian life is a water walk? Oh, I like that. I never said that. The Christian life is like walking on water. Because number one, you're not supposed to scientifically walk on water. People say you're not supposed to live holy. The Bible, one writer even said, like, this: great as the mystery of godliness. See, living godly is like walking on water. Because the natural mind can't understand how you can live a life, like the people said, ten months and be celibate and live clean. No man speaking. See, that's not normal to to live ten months by yourself for God to keep your five. that's not normal, that's a mystery, how can a woman that was caught up in all kind of promiscuity not give herself over the unclean thing, that's mysterious, see living this life is a mysterious life. When all kinds of things coming against you. People slander you, persecute you, and you just humble yourself. That's a mystery. How did he do that? Not by his own might, not by his own power, but by the Spirit of God. The natural-minded man cannot even comprehend how a Pressure. You don't buckle to the masses, pressure you. It's easy to blend and go with the crowd. Jesus said, broad is the way that leads to destruction. He said, the straight is the game that leads to life. And you know, do that even find it something. So if you found it, hold on to it. I'm not talking about a church building. I'm not talking about some ministry. I'm not talking about the ministry come and go. I'm talking about the Rock of Ages. I'm talking about the Chief Cornerstone. I'm talking about somebody who can depend on. He won't fail you. He won't fail you. He won't fail you. At the bottom of everything, that's what Jesus... around you phase away, he'll be right there with you. So don't let yourself be swallowed up with disappointment and dispersement and you still got Jesus. Huh? If it's just you and him, that is little what love is. Huh? You might not have much, but you got Jesus right there with you. That's better than having the whole world. The Bible said, what advantage does a man have if he gained the whole world? and lose his soul there is no advantage to gaining the things of this world at the expense of your soul being lost how I many of you know discouragement, depression all of that, that gets in the soul So you have gotta become aware of your soul you have gotta become aware with how you really feel see you don't want to be like the Pharisees but they felt one way in the soul but they dressed up the outside so God couldn't help them but when you're in true contact with the soul and you know that your soul is troubled, there's anxiety in there, there's things that you're battling with, you've got to be transparent about that. You've got to say sometimes your prayer might be, God, I really want to live for you, but it's hard. The spirit is willing, but the flesh just keeps getting the best. Serve like Paul said. Samuel 22, I'm sorry, verse 1 to 5. And if I can, I'm going to try to paint a picture to you about the spirit that was in this cave. Hallelujah. Samuel 22, verses 1 to 5. Hallelujah. Okay, so here we go. Say. Saul was chasing him. Amen. And so in that that moment of life, look where he ended up. David, therefore, departed there and escaped to the cave of Brutum. Some of y'all are like y'all in a cave right now. A cave is where you escape. The Bible said escape. the phone, you don't want nobody to check on you, see that's not a physical cave, that's a mental cave, see when you just want to binge watch on Netflix, when you just want to eat ice cream all day, that's escaping to the cave, anybody ever wanted to escape and just get in the cave, anybody, do I have any real humans in here that sometimes you just want to hide from the world? Snapchat me. Don't DM me. Don't I message me. Don't call me. Don't FaceTime me. What else they got? Don't the SOS code, MS, whatever. All lines of communication to get to me, I don't want to talk. Don't Skype me. But she went way back. want to be bothered. You just want a moment to say, poof. They call that me time. Y'all better watch the me times. The me times to turn in the caves. See, it's okay to get in in and out. Don't sit there. See, you you may need to, you know, the Sabbath was a time for people to take a little break and gather themselves. But that was for a moment. That wasn't for you to stand so he got in that cage and now here's the thing about the cave I want y'all to hear this and when his brothers and all his father's house heard it they went down there to him now they didn't go down there to lift him up but they went down there well David got problems well I got some too we gonna go sit in the cave and talk about our problems. Lord have mercy. What you call that? Pity party. That's not a good party, y'all. You don't want to be in them kind of parties. Amen. Then he says, now look who else came. And everyone that was distressed or stressed out. Everyone that was in debt. Boy, when you got bills that you don't know how you're going to pay, boy, that can get you in a mood. That can, like them kids, them teenagers say, make you feel some type of way. <laughs> See, I raise teenagers. See, y'all raise a teenagers and y'all don't want to learn the language, y'all better start understanding what people are talking about because they're not going to talk to you in the way you can communicate. That's why the Bible says when you design a spirit, meaning you got to understand what are you really trying to say. When I saw some time of the text, my son do, they just have about five words, and I'm like, "What that mean? It's a whole sentence." Boy, <laughs> that a whole sentence! All I saw was five letters. I mean, I saw five. I say, "What's that?" Oh, that means. And I say, "How in the world that's a complete sentence?" And all I saw was five. It could be communicating things, and you sitting up there with your head in the sand. And could you learn everything you can. The devil's something y'all. He come coming all kind of ways. If we know you're not paying attention to the lingo, well, he'll start dealing with him on that lingo. Yours is what you pay for. So when you pay for it, it's yours. But if I am paying for it, it's mine. So therefore, I can do what I want with. it. like, it's not that hard. It's simple. So y'all say to y'all kids, what they going to do here? If they, if you, when they get to the point where they want to stand up to you, I don't they're 14. Okay, now it's time for, they can only be one father here. I guess this is where we part ways. I'm only 14. Well, at 14. See, when you, can, when you become an adult, adulting means paying bills, taking care of yourself, making sure the lights are, on, making sure the food in the fridge. That's called adulting. You don't want to adult as far as the responsibilities, but you want to adult as far as don't tell me what to do. Wrong answer. The adulting is a package. See, when you reach nobody can tell me what to do, that means you don't need nobody to pay your bills and pay your car not. That's when you're an adult it's not hard It's very simple. When you're an adult, take care of your business. I bet you some of them teenagers like what well, my mama must have called the pastor. They know they didn't call me, they didn't call me. God trying to help you. The Bible says children obey your parents in the Lord for so your days can be long on the earth. Say that's the first commandment with a promise attached to it. So if you be obedient to your parents, God will bless your life. And they just simply older than you and know more than you anyway, if you really want to know the truth. Like, they got experience. You don't really know nothing. You just have some emotions that you feel a little anger and a little rage, but that don't mean you know something. You're just mad. Somebody say help them. just telling you something. I remember one sometime we was raising Brie and the, the chicken Brie would want to do it her way and Shannon had to go drop her food. She would sit on the passenger side and just look out the window. Mad at her mama. And your mama working security and overtime and all of this to make sure you have the best of everything and you just mad because you can't get one little thing to go your way. But parents still love them because they just show understand they don't know how hard you work, they don't understand the sacrifice. But guess when y'all really become friends. See you're not friends when you raise them. You become friends with your kids when they get kids. When they got a struggle to pay a light bill, when they got to pay a mortgage, y'all. when they got to call, you can't have for it Then they start saying, boy, my mama, boy, I didn't know mama and daddy went through all of this. And then y'all become friends because then they start learning about the God that you prayed to at 2, 3 in the morning when you were stressed about bills and you couldn't, they didn't understand why you look worried all of the time. Well, when they start getting them kind of worries, then they're going to say, oh, that's why mama was praying that to her in the morning. That's why she walked the floor. <laughs> but when you're raising kids, be patient with them, long-suffering with them, discipline them, but they don't get you right now. They're, they're, your kids, they don't understand where you're coming from right now, but you got to be steady. Amen? And if you have little kids, somebody say, your day coming. <laughs> One of the worst things you can do is say, not my child, and my child would never. Remember them two things right there. Never say, not my child, because when you say, not my child, your child will be pulling out all kind of underhanded. <laughs> Let me give you a tip on raising children. is a good one right there. Remember how you was. See, when they don't want to talk, just jog your memory and say, okay. Because you produced them, so some of your personality is in there. So if you're trying to figure out what they're up to, think about how sneaky you used to be and say that. Oh, that's what she up to. Okay, all right. To. Okay. See, and that's the one, the worst thing your child can do is think they don't know what you that you know what they're up to. Alright. So everybody that was in bed, look at this next one. Everyone that was discontented. Now I want y'all to capture this cave. David and the kitchen she says get crowded. <laughs> The Bible said about 400 people came in there. So David was on the run for his life. His father and brothers came in there, heard about it, jumped in. And then it started getting around. David, the one that's anointed, he hiding in the cave, y'all. So they felt like, okay, well, he's normal. He go through two. Let me get it in. Here. We all just sulk. You know, that's how blues was born. People just wanted to comp- describe my life. She don't love me. No Old genre of music was born because people just wanted to sing the blues. <laughs> Should say, I know you're right, ain't that right, sir? B.B. <laughs> King would come out there and just sing the blues, and people that was feeling like that, they would come and gather. And then it got so popular they made a club called House of Blues to go to the House of Blues, so I don't know what I'm talking about. And so, in the cave, the cave was the House of Blues. It <laughs> turned into the House of Blues. They all sitting in the cave. Man, I owe this old boy about a thousand dollars, man. I don't know where I'm going to get that thousand dollars from. And I don't even feel like going to work tomorrow, man. I'm tired of this job, man. I oh, man, golly, this boy over here, he don't like me. This one racist, man. I'm just, man, I wish I would have finished school. Say this I would have to work this job just, Then another one jump up and say Well man I got marriage problems Man I've been trying to get this man To act right and he just Man I know he's cheating on me man I just can't golly And then the next thing you know one of them Pop up and say well man I got this for my little child man And all of a sudden everybody just sitting down Like we used to do where I come from We used to grab them buckets And sit under the tree shade waiting for the sun to go down so we can shoot ball. or sell some drugs or find some drugs just sitting under the tree, house of blues and the crowd would get bigger and bigger and our way they used to have what was called the corner y'all don't know, if anybody had that in their hood the corner, but it looked like every day we just knew, something. you just look out at us outside and you see one person, they just post up on the corner That's the cue. the next thing you know, everybody just posting up on the corner and literally talking about nothing all day long. That's the way you start hearing about where the weed at, all these stories. And I used to be 45 years old bragging about what they used to be in high school. Boy, I was cold, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, I was going to leave. But I'm telling you, boy, it was looking at me. And when I got young, I was coming up and I saw it, I said, note to yourself, when the game is grown, do something else. I started working young. I said, I'm not going to be chasing a dream. It's okay if you're not good enough, like I just wasn't good enough to go to the NBA, and it's okay. I don't have 30 teams, about 12 on the team, a few hundred jobs. One of them wasn't mine. I'm still happy. I'm still living good. It's okay. But you don't want life to pass you by. you just whining about what could have been. you wasting years of your life whining about the mistakes you made and the one that got away. Oh, I didn't talk about that one. See, some people married and still thinking about the one that got away. No. With so discontinuity. You're not content with the one you married. So when you have a little problem, walk i with the let so-and-so get away, boy. I'm telling you, boy, I'm telling you. That's what they, that's how that cave was. It was just sitting in that cave just, boy, I'm telling you, man, and, and then you go home and now you wonder why y'all don't get along. Because you was talking about the one way back from high school, and you're fifth and talking about somebody from high school. 25 years talking about the one they got already. <laughs> the person investing in what you have currently. That's what discontent means. See a discontent person meaning always finding something to whine and complain about. Some people who can say they can say, man, I'm broke. You give a million dollars. Man, I wish I lived in Paris. You bring it to Paris, well, I bet she's better in Australia. Go you to know, Australia, man. I need to go to Cancun. When you did discontentment, it's a problem in your spirit. Money can't solve that. That's why Paul said, God in with continue. It's a great game. But Paul said, I figured out something about life. He said, I figured something out. If I can see the state that I'm in, if me and my woman, me and Shannon, have been married, we're about to make 21 years. If I can do, hey, man, what can I so Lord? <laughs> all of my energy and all of her energy should be on us trying to make what we have good as can be. If that's not where the energy is at, you're going to always have problems and uneasiness and be unhappy. Live in the moment of where you are. The Bible said, I've learned. He said, whatever state I'm in, to be content. Look what he said, though. I had to learn that. He said, I was a bomb. Meaning, when you're in abundant living, you don't really manage your money like poor people. Because you got a lot. You might waste 100 here. You might go buy some shoes that you don't need. You might get a car that you don't really need. It's not practical, but you can afford it. You know, God is good. You got plenty. You can just kind of do what you want. Been there, done all of that. But then, you, life changes on you. See, the Bible say, don't trust in that certain riches because they have a way of getting wings like birds and flying away. So if your trust is in that, when it changes, you don't know how to handle it so Paul said I had a lot and then my life changed now I'm a base. I gotta shop in Goodwill I messed out of a 2019 I'm in 09 <laughs> some people can't deal with that but look what Paul said he said I learned I meaning I had to allow my mind time to process my new reality and when I understood that my new circumstances were like this, God was still with me. I still had clean clothes. God's still making sure I have food to eat. I may not have everything I used to have, but I still have God and God can turn this thing around. I used to be married. I used to have kids. I used to, life was good. And then, so God can be with you in that. So Paul said, in other words, he said, I had to adjust. See, when you have joy, joy helps you adjust. But happiness is just based on how things are going. But joy is, okay, I still have God. That's good enough. That's enough to rebuild. That's enough to start over. I used to make 10 grand a month. Now I make 1,000. So I gave a 1,000. Now I'm going to give 100. Like you just adjust. You just adapt. That's the seeds of life. Somebody say, it's okay. It happens. Somebody say, just keep on living and it'll turn again. God won't leave you at the bottom. He won't leave you there. He said, I will make you the head and not the tail. God will figure out a way. your path to bless you. God got all of that, but does whatever state you in, bless him right there? Oh Lord Jesus. Somebody say, bless him right there. <laughs> Amen. So everybody in there having their little house of blues in the cave. And look, and David became a captain over here. Somebody gotta be strong in the circle. If nobody in your circle is strong, you need to say circles. You gotta have somebody gotta say, somebody gotta get up in the midst of that and say, hey, it's gonna be okay. We're gonna regroup, we're gonna rebuild. But if everybody down, if everybody's sad, if everybody, then man, it's, it's gonna be hard to break out of that. It's helpless. help us. And they were with him about 400 men. Say it again, Sister Amanda, what you say? They got crowded in that. <laughs> you got 400 discontented, in there, stressed out people sitting in the cave and the captain running for his life. Can you imagine the spirit in that cave? I guarantee you the energy level wasn't high. I guarantee you the shoulders wasn't back guarantee you the hairs wasn't like this. I can tell you the body language in that cave. See, when you when you sad, you're going to move slow. Because you're dealing with it. And y'all, it's okay, it happens. God let you know it's the sight, it happens man experience this and write about it, so that when we have similar experiences, so that we can have reference points of knowing that you're not the only one that experienced these things. And yes, it does happen to good people. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. And sometimes it can happen to you unprovoked. Job was minding his business. And powers above him, the devil and Satan, the devil and God start having dialogue. Job going out there conducting business, going on with life, making deals, taking care of his family, being a blessing to his wife, and then he didn't even know that God and Satan was having a conversation about his life. There's forces up here that's bigger than you. And sometimes the devil goes to God, and God lets him loose to come at us. That's why sometimes we don't know, but we got to trust him. So David is in the cave, 400 people in the cave, everybody said, Lord have mercy. Look at verse (laughs) 5. So in verse 5, notice how God did this. See, God was my eternity. Something different. The word came from outside of the cave. See, that's why you need to be keeping yourself in a godly place. Because God is monitoring you and God is going to send a word to give you direction on the next step. So look what the prophet told him. And the prophet Gad said unto David, Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, God has something to tell you night, in- depart. Somebody say it's time to come out of the cave. Somebody say close the doors on the house of blues. Close it. You know how you close the door to the house of blues whenever that negative person calls you. Oh, yeah, yesterday I talked to you, but not today. I'm coming out of this cave. <laughs> yeah, I was feeling a little bad, but I went to church today, and the Lord told me it's time to come out of the cave. The Lord told me it's time to stop the pitipot. The Lord told me it's time to stop, stop soaking in all of my misery and all of my problems. The Lord is telling me it's time for me to wash my face and gather myself and get myself together because He still got great things in my life. Somebody say, come out of the cave. Now, y'all don't have a, emotional attachment to them caves. Because, you know, when you sit in a cave for a long time, you, the grass wear out. And you get your little spine, the little corner. See, and you can see. that's why I probably want to grab you before you sing. You can't stay in the cave too long. Because then you get comfortable there. And it becomes a way of life. What is only supposed to be an experience. You don't want what's supposed to be an experience to become a permanent fixture in your life. You get locked in there. Uh. <laughs> Somebody say, I'm coming out of this cage. Somebody say, I've been sad long enough. Somebody say, I've been distressed long enough. I've been in debt long enough. is how this works. I'm trying to have, teach you some principles. When you start speaking the word of God as a child of God you've got to know your power and your authority. The Bible says whatsoever you bind in the earth realm is bound in heaven. If you ain't there and you say God said I'm supposed to be the to bring to you what God said, You don't activate heaven by sitting in the cave whining about your problems. Heaven is activated by faith. you got to speak those things that be not as though they are. From the position of that, you got to say, one day I'm going to be debt free and I'm all the business. You, when you're in a position that don't seem like what this word is saying, start speaking what the word is saying. Don't miss what I just said. When you start speaking what the word says, heaven mobilizes to bring to pass what you spoke. But now let me teach you something about heaven. Heaven can't respond. draw the cave, you can speak the word, but if your mind not made up to do what it takes to wait on God to manifest it, because you speak the word, but then tomorrow you're back in the cave. And God got all these angels getting ready to go. And then he sees you complaining again, he said, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't move, don't move, don't move. Look like they like the cave. That word. The Bible said, let him ask and say, nothing wavering. <laughs> See, when your mind wavers, you make in heaven God-like. So if I say, look here, I'm going to tell you something, I'm not about to go through this. <laughs> God said, look, I got all these angels ready to go. The Bible says, yes, you so supply your needs according to his riches and glory. Unlimited can do any and everything.'" God said, I, you speak the word, they're ready to come. Jesus said, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you loose is on the way. Whatever you bind is on the way. It's done. He said, but let not the double-minded man think he's going to get anything. See, if you can't make up your mind that you want your marriage to work, don't ask God to make it work. Because to make it work just gonna take some perseverance. It's going to take some conversation. It's going to take some humility and wisdom and all these things. But so when you call calling the things from heaven into your life, but you're not really sure that's what you want to happen, God said, don't ask me for nothing until you make your mind up. God said, you, were you ready to be free, I'll meet you at the altar. And it don't take long. The Bible said a man had a withered hand. Jesus said stretch forth your hand, boom, immediately the wither went away and it was made whole. The Bible said one man's eyes was uh, closed, couldn't see. He puts pick, boom, immediately. One man got in the water, boom, immediately. It don't take all day, it takes faith. It don't take all day, it takes faith. You've got to be fully persuaded in your mind that this is what you want God to do for you. So in order for you to access the things of God, you've got to kill that quitting spirit. See, some of us, we have a quitting spirit. We have a great idea then we start to go forward. As soon as it gets a little challenging, man, i got to find something else to do. But nothing great is easy. You can't always want to quit every time it get hard. I quit. Then you go do something. I quit that too. I quit. And guess what? You teaching your kids how to quit? You supposed to get off at six. He get home at three. You at home? Why are you home? I quit again. <laughs> then he said, "Oh, okay." He get to about sixteen. He go to school. Are you home? I quit. What you mean you quit? <laughs> I, I thought that's how you dealt with life. You just quit every time you want to quit. <laughs> Where you get that from? I'm in the job. i <laughs> <laughs> And you see? <laughs> Standing in that verse and it speaks more for how you think your mouth running. all day but it's about when the heat is on what do you do when it's hard you don't build great things by not overcoming adversity I hope I'm helping somebody today (laughs) if you've got to bless you you got to get that quitting mentality out of you when it's hard dig in harder the bible says, jesus being in agony he prayed the more earnestly meaning you gotta rise and meet the challenge <laughs> somebody say rise and meet the challenge i remember playing sports man some games you go in there they didn't mean a whole lot <laughs> be playing in a game and it's a regular season game not much at stake. we're playing over there in hackberry somewhere the scrimmage game. So you come in there, man, you're just looking around, and you, man, I don't feel like playing today. I'ma just go do my little help line and we go this town that the gym ugly and the, the lights dark. And I'm just telling you. <laughs> but when you come into that district game and you play Welch <laughs> and you look around and it's bigger than the game. The energy different the air is different. That's where legends are born. Legends are not born in scrimmages. In practice, some people, they practice players. You know, you play on a team and you got some people that come into practice and they just, I mean, they just ball and you put them in the game, hot potato, don't even want to touch the ball. <laughs> I'm better than you. Don't you mean, I kill you in practice. Like I was to say, Practice. Say, we, we, we're talking about practice. <laughs> but talk to me when we got to go and get Shaq and Cole with Game 1 of the five. The same mind as a boy. Now you got people counting on you. Oh man, I hope I'm here for somebody today. Somebody says time to grow up. Somebody says time to quit quit, Somebody say finish what you started. Somebody say if that's what you really want to do, God bless it. Somebody say prove. Whatsoever you put your hand to, God will prosper. Let me see that. Whatever you put your hand to, if you ride it out through the hard times, the difficult times, God will bless that day. Say, stay in church. Somebody say, don't stop coming to church. Ever, never, don't stop coming to church. Somebody say, that day you might hear just the right song, just the right message, meet just the right person. Somebody say, your blessing is in Judah. Stay in church. you out of church, where your strength gonna come from. Sometimes you got to grab your shirt like this and say, yeah, you're going today. Because guess what? You might wake up on a Sunday and you might, the devil might tell you, look at your life. This religion thing ain't working. Church ain't no good. You're going to say, we gone. That's why Paul talks about keeping your flesh in subjection. Because sometimes the flesh, see, let me teach you something about that. The flesh just wants comfort. That's all he wants. He just wants to be appeased. He just wants to feel good. He just wants to be comfortable. And guess what? He don't have to pay for no sin you do. When the soul leaves, the soul pays for it. The flesh go to dirt. He ain't got to pay for nothing. So don't let the least important dimension of your physical or existence dominates your life. And you got to pay for nothing. So sometimes you got to grab that flesh and say, yeah, we going today. Get in the car, 95.5, your flesh might say, just put 95.5 on. No. Nope. We're going to put this good music on. See, the worst thing you can do when life changes it's changing behavior. When life changes, keep doing what you was doing. Don't change nothing about your walk with God when life throws you a curveball. You just stay consistent. But just stay right there. Stay right there. Say, God, don't change it. I don't know how. I don't know when. But say like Joe, though, he slaving, I'm going to trust him. I know he got under patrol. I don't understand what he's doing, but I trust him. Let's go over here to chapter 30. So how many of you coming out of the house of blues today? Somebody say no more house of blues. Somebody say, I don't like that club anyway. (laughs) Lord Jesus, no more house of blues. All right. Now look at this, y'all. He said, to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south in Ziklag and smitten it and burned it with fire. Now I want y'all to look at what this man went through. They took his wife, captive. They didn't slew anybody. They took the great and the small, they carried them away and they went on their way. Look at verse 3. So David and his men came to the serving God, fighting the lost battle, and he came home, his house was burnt. His wife was gone. David came, his house was burned, wives, sons, daughter taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him, they lifted up the voice and wept. Y'all, look how long they cried. They cried until they didn't have no more tears. There's no way I would have let them burn my house now. There's no way. But life happens sometimes. Jump Some things out of our control. Amen. But now look what happened next. So, and David, two wives were taken captive. Not one of them, both of them. here he had the Jezreelites and Abigail, the wife of neighbor, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. He had all this going on, look what happened next. So the people spake no stone in him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. Oh, but look what David said next. The scriptures say David looked around. He cried. His friends cried. David getting the blame. He just looked around and he said, "I know who I can count on." Oh, all of my friends turning on me. Everybody mad at me. But I got one person in my corner that when everybody want to stone me, when everybody grieve, when everybody upset, I got one person I know I can fall upon. The Bible say he remembered his God and he began to encourage himself in the Lord. Oh, I felt that. The Bible say David encouraged himself. Somebody say you got to learn how to encourage yourself. Somebody say self- be encouraged. Do you y'all know I mean that? Your soul listening. Now if you didn't feel something, if you didn't feel your mood lightning up, then you didn't really say it to the right. Somebody say, soul, be encouraged in God. Now nah, I feel something. I don't know who you feel. Phyllis says. <laughs> the Bible said he said he sent his word and it healed them. It's the word of God that comes to sustain us and to give us life. Amen? He said so David encouraged himself and the Lord is God and God began to strengthen him. Amen? Hallelujah. So let's finish up. Let's go over to show you what happened to those. Now, this part is the, literally, the most important part of this message. Amen? Let's go over here to 2 Samuel, verse 23. Sorry, 2 Samuel, chapter 23. 2 Samuel, chapter 23, starting at verse number 8. If you have me, say amen. Okay, so this is David getting ready to die. And as David was getting ready to die, (laughs) he began to reflect on life. Look at that. I'm going to give you verse 1. Now, these be the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, and the man who was raised up on high to be anointed of God, the God of Jacob the anointing of the God of Jacob and the sweet songs of Israel. So here is David getting ready to speak his last words before he died. And look what he began to remember. He started reflecting on the people that were with him in the house of the Jews. He's about to give you a summary of what happened to the people that were in him in the cave and how they turned out. This is beautiful. These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. The people that came out of the cave with him. The Tamarite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains. The same was Adino the Esnite. He lifted up his spear against eight hundred, whom he slew at one time. He's telling you about a man that came to him discouraged, depressed, discontent. David, when David began to encourage himself, that curse started getting on the people that was around him. You got to bring life to the people that's around you. When people around you discourage, you are the light of the world. You are the one that should grab somebody's hand and speak life back to them. That man came to round running about life, and he walked out of there so strong, he grabbed his sword and slew 800 men. One man can't do that. But from the courage that David had, that courage began to get in his men. See, courage is this. When you see danger, you get a spirit that comes over you that tells you, I know it's dangerous, but I'm going anyway. Courage says I'm going anyway. Courage says I don't know how it's going to work out, but God told me to go, so I'm going anyway. That's why I told him be strong and of a good courage. I mean, and I know how it looks, but I told you to go. Oh, my God. That man come out of that cave depressed with enough courage to kill 800. See, what you got to realize, there was greatness in that cave. They just needed life to come over there. See, this is what you got to realize. When you down, you're still a great person. You're just going through something. Going through something don't mean you're still not called to greatness? You're just going through something. Somebody say I'm still great. I'm just going through something. Somebody say I got 50 chapters in my book. We're just on chapter 20. Somebody say keep reading. The story's still being read. You have written epistles, known as read of all men. Your story's still being written. You're just on chapter 23. You got 60 more to go. (laughs) That divorce, that's chapter 28. But the remarriage is in chapter 38. Chapter twenty-nine, you write about the divorce. Chapter twenty-nine, you talk about how hard it was. Chapter thirty, you start building yourself back up. Chapter thirty-one, man, I'm—you know what? I'm not that bad of a person. Chapter thirty-two, you're getting yourself together. Chapter thirty-five, you're working again. Chapter thirty-six, now you got to—I'm gonna use one of the teenage words. Well, I don't even know if I want to use that word. You're feeling good again chapter 37, you meet somebody. Come on, man. Chapter 34, you got back in the gym, start trimming up. You got somebody say you got to keep writing. You're booking Let's take the might out of it. Some of y'all got to some books. Look, her hand flew up. See, if you got books and you, start writing. What you waiting on? Tell your story. Bless somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. So this man, Super 800. Then the next one, it says, boy, this is beautiful. And after him was Elias, the son of Dodo, the uh, whole height. One of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines that were gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were brought away, he arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary. He was so determined to keep fighting, he got so tired. Look what it said. His hand claimed unto the sword. See, sometimes when you fight and you get weary you got to make sure your hands stay on God's word. No matter how hard it gets, don't take your hand off your sword. Don't take your hand off the word. The Bible said he had so much willingness. He wanted to fight so bad. The man was passing out. The man was wobbling. The man was about to flee, but he had a, a grip on that sword. He probably went into a daze, but he just started When he was hit. And every time he swore, that angel grabbed sword. See, how the angel gonna fight if you don't want to fight? See, the angel can't fight until you fight. See, when you start fighting, the angel's gonna fight. Somebody say you gotta fight. Somebody say, don't take your hand off your sword. Sometimes that sword might feed you, Psalms so 23. Yea, boy, I walk through the valleys of the shepherd of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. When them bills coming up, that sword might feed you. My gosh, shall supply all of my needs, according to His riches and glory. When life get hard, though He slay me, yet I'm gonna trust Him. You gotta cleave to your sword. You can't ever take your hand off your sword. Somebody say hello to your sword. Somebody say the sword of the spirit is the word of God. It's quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two way sword. Never let your sword go. When the devil gets you to the point where you don't want to get in your word, he got you. Somebody say never no more, devil never taking my hand off this sword. That was revelation. I could see it. When he swung, see, that's why the grace of God says, in your weakness, you're made strong. That's what the Bible said. When you weak, swing anyway. The weaker you get, the more you should swing. When you weak, you're just start just Like the girls used to, When I the girls, man, they were just. Somebody said, but at least they were swinging. One of them licks might just. Somebody said, all you need is one to connect. All they take is just one. But if you stop swinging, you lose. You gotta keep swinging. Somebody say never stop swinging. Let the devil take your hand off your sword. And if you don't know what to read, say, Holy Spirit, give me something to read. I've some people say, wherever the Bible land that's for me. And, they just, and then they find the perfect script. You just got to swing. Like George said, you miss every shot you don't take. Oh, my God. Man, somebody got to keep swinging. You probably came in the day not feeling like swinging. Y'all just, somebody just throw a punch just just, just, just. (laughs) throw a friend of mine told me yesterday he said man I took up boxing he said a cardio and I say boxing and we started and he said yeah there's a skill there's a technique to it I'm learning see you gotta swing and then what happened is when you start swinging the Bible say he's See, if God seeing you a minor to swing, he'll teach you how to swing. See, he'll take you from babes. See, a babe swinger, he wants start to grow in the Word, you become skillful. We you know which scripture applies to which situation. You know how to go in the Bible and get what you need when you need it. You know how to go in the Word for yourself. You start saying things like this, I don't need a man to teach me. Because The Holy Ghost that's on the inside of me, he's going to teach me all day. I don't have to wait for somebody to tell me where to go. The Holy Ghost is my coffer He's going to lead me and guide me. See, when you grow up, you stop being so dependent on humans. Your faith don't get shaken when humans get off course. She said, say that again, all right. Your faith don't get shaken when humans get off course. You start to get skilled in this thing. But you can't get skilled if you don't swing. But David said, he can teach my hands how to walk. You start swinging, the Holy Ghost will start teaching you how to throw it. The devil come and say you're not good enough, and the Holy Ghost will say, he that's in me is greater than he does in the world. You just start chopping him Every time he tells you you're not worthy, there's no condemnation to them as in Christ Jesus. Every time he tell you your is not your work, what God has put together, let no man try to touch. you Everything he throw at you, with somebody being negative, evil, communications, corrupt, good manners. I don't want to talk to you no more. See, every scripture is like a sword in your hand. In every situation of life, you got something you can grab. And then you get to the point where the devil say, Peter, I know. I ain't messing with that one. Paul, I know. And I hit him with this And when he came to corner, I hit him with one so hard that to let him down in a basket I thought he was dead That boy stopped praying under the rocks His head came up He was preaching the next day I ain't messing with him He's crazy God will teach you how to swing your sword Tell me God will teach you how to. Was weary and he fought that sword and the Lord brought a great victory that day. See God got God can't give you the victory if you don't swing. The victory belongs to Jesus like Todd Delaney said. But you gotta swing. Somebody say give God another chance. Somebody say don't give up on God. Because he didn't give up on you. Abel. God is able to do what He said He could do. It. Lord Jesus, don't give up on God. And they returned after him to the spoil. And after him was Shama, the son of Aijah the The Philistines were gathered together in a troop, where was a piece of ground full of timbers. Then the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended him. Everybody running, but this mighty man just planted his feet. God looking for somebody that's not going to run and plant their feet. When the enemy comes, we' ready to plant that feet for the Lord? Look what he says. And he slew the Philistines. The Lord won a great victory. He never gave credit to the men. He said God brought the victory, but the man had to fight. And three of the thirty chiefs went down. They came to David in the harvest time, unto the cave of Adullam. You see that cave? See, you're not going to forget the things you went through. That's for experience. That's what you reference at different seasons. That the pages keep being written you remember the things you've been through? Do you take the lessons from them? Do you learn from them? And then you put them where they belong. And then when the time comes, somebody else needs your experience, you just flip the chapter 23. Hey, let me tell you what I went through back in 2015. He said, and David was dead in the hole. And the garrison of the Philistines was dead in Bethlehem. Look what happened. David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And the three mighty men break through the host of the Philistines, and they drew water out of the well of Bethlehem, that was by the gate. And David took it, and they took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink of it, but he poured it to the Lord. And he said, Be it far from me, O Lord. I should do this, is not this the blood of the men that went in jeopardy of their lives, therefore he would not drink it, these things did these three mighty men, what's the moral of the story when you treat people right they'll put their life on the lives for you if you want people to be loyal to you, know, you just treat them good treat people right, take care of people, be kind, be courteous And when you have a need, people will be there for you. But how do you expect somebody to be there for you when you don't treat them right? (laughs) Y'all, these men broke out of the cave to be a blessing to David. What that's telling you, in the hardest moments of life, I'm going to give it to you in layman terms. That's when you learn who your friends are. The Bible said, when goods increase they, that increase, they that consume them increase also. Meaning the rich have many friends. When people think you're doing good and you're on top, you're going to meet all kinds of people. If you're a young person and your parents bless you with a call, you're going to have friends you never even knew. God's going to talk to you and you never even. That's how this world is. When people think you have something, they want to be your friend. But you find out who with you in the hard time. When you're in the cave, Who willing to be with you in the cave? That's when you learn your core. That's when you learn your team. That's when you learn what you've got. And they had a psalm that said this. I think it was my answer, I might be wrong on the name. It said, when people show you who they are, believe them. It's not hard. Follow that. You forgive that. But you don't stay in that cave and you never stay better. That's one of the worst things you can do with life is let the cave of life make you bitter against the world, against God, and against people. <laughs> Point number one, God didn't do you nothing. Point number two, don't take out your cave experience on people that had nothing to do with the cave. <laughs> because you won't be able to meet new people going new seasons of life you won't be able to be used to do great things if you let the bitterness of the cave because you you can still play you can still be alive but living in the cave like the cave happened in 2010 we're in 2019 and if you're still talking about 2010 you're not in the cave no more but you're in the cave in spirit. you to be fresh. Amen. Oh, my God. Y'all stand up. I'm almost done. Let me finish reading this. Anybody feeling encouraged? Anybody going to keep their hand on the sword no matter what? Hallelujah. Josh, remind me of David. David said that the Bible over here say he was the sweet psalmist of Israel. That sure sound good right there. said, be it far in okay, verse 18, and Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Zeru, was chief among three, and he lifted up his fear against three hundred, and he slew them, and had the name among three, They say, was he not most honorable of the three, but therefore he was their captain, how did he attained not to the first three, I'm going to just read this last part, man, so y'all read this when y'all have time, just these last two verses, and Benel, the son of Jehidah, the son of a valued man of Hapzeel, who had done many acts, he slew two lion like men of Moab. He went down also and slew a lion in the midst of a pit in the snow. The man was, it was snowing. If you know anything about snow, it's hard to get traction. See, sometimes in life it's going to be like you hard to get traction. It's like you can't, it's stable. You can't, it's like things just don't want to come together. foot, you got a lion or you got beasts or you still got things coming against you. So you're already battling to find some stability, but you still got life coming at you. But if you have a mind to fight, even when you can't find stability, you still keep fighting. And no matter how many beasts come at you, you'll start talking like Paul. Oh, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. Somebody say I'm So let them refresh. If you listen for it, ask for it. Amen. Our altar time is very serious to us around here. Amen. Amen. I don't care what you're dealing with. It. Y'all move some of them chairs back. I want to make sure everybody have it even more than comfortable. I don't want any distractions. Just put y'all come up and make sure we have. Save you, you need to be delivered of something, ask him to do it. Whatever your need is, as we begin to pray for you today, amen. Believe God, hallelujah, Lord. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, hallelujah, Lord. Father, we come before you right now, God. God, we humble ourselves, God. Father, we need courage, we need strength. God, we turn from everything that's not of you. In the name of Jesus, God. God, we humble ourselves right now, God. Come on, let us begin to call on the Lord. Come on, no matter how low you feel, no matter how bad you feel, call upon him, call upon him, call upon him. He's going to help you today. He's going to help you today. Come on, call upon him, call upon him. Call upon him. He is your helper. He is your helper. He is your helper. Call upon him. Whosoever calls on the name for the Lord shall be saved. Thank you, Father. We call upon you right now, God. We call upon you right now, Lord. Come on, my brother. Begin to call the border. Heal your people, God. Strengthen your people, God. Help your people, God. Move for your people, God. Right now, Father. We call you right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, saints. Come on. Help me pray. Come on. We got people calling on God. Come on. We got people calling on God. Thank you, Father. Call upon him, call upon him. Come on, come on, come on, come on. We need you today, Father. We need you today, Father. Right now, God. Right now, God. God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We thank you right now, God. God, strengthen my brother, my Lord God. God, help my brother right now, God. God, encourage him right now, my Lord God. Right now, God, our hearts are before you, God. God, we are humble before you, God. We need you right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God. Right now, my Lord God. Ramando Rabasiya de Rabasa Raman Brabasi God Ramana Maporabasie God Father in the mighty name of Jesus God Oh God we call you We call you right now God We call you right now God We call you, right now, we call you Lord we call your Lord. We call